So the reading is from Matthew 6, verses 5 to 13. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Then this is what you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thank you, Karen. So good morning. As, uh, as Rose said, um, this month we're going to be focusing on uh, prayer, sort of in our kids' stuff, but also in our, um, in our talks here uh, on Sunday mornings. Um, you'll see Sonia's done a wonderful term card. You should have one on your seat this morning. Um, so that, that sort of tells you what we've got throughout uh, the rest of the term. Um, and prayer is a huge topic, so we're, we're only going to be able to scratch the surface. Um, but we'll try to be practical as we talk about prayer. Um, we're going to give opportunities to pray like we've, we've just had, as well as opportunities to hear how people pray. And uh, we're planning to finish the, um, the series with a week of prayer. Um, and I guess we... The, the, the topic today is prayer as a lifestyle, so we can, we can pray all the time, we can pray anytime. But actually, the week of prayer is just a time where we want to really gather together as a church, where we want to focus uh, on, on praying. Uh, Leanne's very kindly drafted a booklet that guides us through a few meditations every day through that week, so that might be something we can all do together and, and sort of journey that together. It's focused on Ephesians 6 and particularly the armor of God, so uh, last term we, we, we journeyed through Ephesians 1 to 5, so it'll be great for us to spend some time in Ephesians 6 and, uh, and sort of meditate on that. And then we're also planning to have a gathered event every day through that week. And that's, again, just an opportunity for us to come together as a church and, and, and pray together. So hopefully those will be different things, prayer walks, meditations, you know, lunch and pray and, and, and different things. Um, so we're, we're really excited about that. So this morning I just want to ask two simple questions. First, who do we pray to? And then secondly, how do we pray? Um, I'm sure quite a number of you have heard of Pete Gregg. He's a pastor of Emmaus Road uh, just in Guildford. And uh, if there was anybody I would describe as a prayer guru, um, it's, it's Pete Gregg. I think there's a wonderful picture of Pete um, looking rather pensive, I think. 
Um, but Pete's just released his, uh, a book. He's written a number of books, but his latest one is, is called How to Pray. And the subtitle is A Simple Guide for Normal People. So probably not so relevant for most of you. But, you know, it's, it's, no, it's a really, really good book, actually. I'm, I still haven't quite finished it. I'm about halfway through it. But it's been, been amazing. And I'm going to unashamedly actually draw on some of his material, uh, not just from this book, but from his teaching over the years. I just find Pete has a as a fantastic way of, of saying things that, you know, kind of just express what I was thinking, but he says it in such a better, better way. Um, and he says quite early on in the book that, let's see if this works, it's no exaggeration to say that to be human is to pray. It's something that comes naturally to us all. Um, Rabbi Herschel in this picture, again looking rather pensive. I think I've picked up pensive pictures of people. He said, prayer is our humble answer to the inconceivable surprise of living. And we pray out of amazement. We pray out of joy and gratitude. We also pray out of sorrow, of pain. We pray in times of helplessness or confusion and we pray in times of amazement and wonder and worship. I was struck by another quote from Abram Lincoln, and he said, I've been driven upon my knees many times by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom seemed insufficient for that day. don't know if you've ever felt like that. Um, so I think we've an innate need to pray. And when I started thinking about this talk, it was actually early in July, and I listened to a BBC podcast on prayer. And I have to say, I was, I was actually horrified by what one of the contributors was saying. And uh, he wasn't denying that we had a, have a desire to pray. Um, he wasn't denying that we should pray, actually. But he was saying, in, our, in today's modern world, we have evolved our sense of who we pray to. And uh, his view was that we were not praying to an all-powerful, all-good God. Instead, he thought we were praying to somebody who definitely wasn't all-powerful and certainly wasn't all-good. And, uh, and actually, his view was that we should be using prayer to call God to account, to tell him what a terrible job he's doing, to give him advice and to get him back on the straight and narrow. And my reaction to this really came from two places. So the first, uh, the first reason I reacted against it was because of reality. Because I want to pray to the God who exists, the God who is. It might be quite nice to make up a God that I'd like to exist, a God who's convenient, a God who would always take my side, a God who would do what I ask him to do. But that is idolatry. That's making God in our image. I don't know if you've ever read some of the Old Testament and they're making, you know, gods of gold and silver and you think, that's crazy. You know, why would anybody do that? But actually, I think in our culture, we've the tendency to make God in our minds, in our own image, to make up the God that we want. Psalm 115 talks about the idols of the time. They said, their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They've mouths, but they cannot speak. Eyes, but cannot see. They've ears, but cannot hear. Noses, but cannot smell. They've hands, but cannot feel. Feet, but cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. 
Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. So that's idolatry. And I believe there's a God who is real, who's out there, and he's waiting to be discovered. He's revealed himself in nature, in scriptures, um, in our spirits, and we don't invent him. We don't make him up. We meet him. We hear from him. We get to know him. So that was the, the first reason I reacted. And the second reason I reacted was about humility. You see, when I come to God, I need to recognize that he is God and not me. I want to come to him recognizing who he is, his character and nature. Um, I think it was a few hundred years ago um, in Westminster, the, the spiritual leaders of the day, the divines, were, were, were looking at um, sort of answering the question for the shorter catechism, what is God? And they really struggled. How do you define what God is? How do you define who God is? How do you write that? They discussed and they debated this for quite a while, and eventually they, they, they decided they should pray which is probably quite a good idea. <laughs> maybe, should, maybe they should have done that to begin with. And the, the person who started praying started off and saying, God, you're a spirit, you're infinite, eternal and unchangeable in your being, wisdom, holiness, justice, goodness and truth. And suddenly that group realized they had got their answer to the question, who is God, what is God? God is a spirit, infinite, eternal and unchangeable. In his being, wisdom, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. So I need to approach God in humility, recognizing who he is, and with a posture of submission to his will. When Jesus responded graciously to his disciples' request to teach them to pray, he started off with recognizing who they were praying to. Our Father in heaven. God is in heaven. He's majestic. He's powerful. He's other. And he's to be respected. But he's also our Father. And the picture the Bible paints of Father God is one of who's interested and intimate with his children. He's loving. And as we heard in the, the passage that, that Caroline read, he anticipates our needs. Your Father knows what you need before you you pray ever before you ask him it's an intimate picture but if he knows our needs then before we ask what why do we pray and uh, Pete deals with that in his book and I'll not go through all the reasons you're going to have to read the book to to to, to get the full picture but the, the one that stood out to me was that God is relational do you remember the story of blind Bartimaeus and he's calling out you know Jesus Jesus and uh, Jesus comes to him and asks, what can I do for you? And I think, you know, that should have been pretty obvious to the Son of God. I can imagine it was obvious to all the people around, you know. He's blind. <laughs> he, he wants to see. But Jesus asked the question, I think just because he wanted that relational exchange, he gave the man that dignity of asking, uh, of asking what he wanted, saying what he wanted, expressing that. He engaged in conversation. Um, Jesus used the word when he prayed um, Abba to address his father. And actually, I think it's in Mark 14, 36, you know, the, the Greek writer. So Mark 
used the Aramaic word Abba just to make the point that it was an intimate word that he was using. And, and that's quite, it's a respectful, but it's an intimate way of addressing one's father. Um, Pete Gregg, um, again in his book, talked about a, a pattern for prayer, and I'll come to that in a little bit. But uh, it starts off with pause, because as we come to pray, we need to pause and recognize who he is, our Father in heaven. So we've talked a bit about who we pray to. What about how do we pray? Whenever we were, uh, Caroline was reading the passage, I don't know if you noticed the language Jesus used when teaching his disciples to pray. He said, and when you pray, not if you pray. Jesus didn't even raise the question of of whether uh, his disciples should pray or not. He assumed they would. And Paul takes this further in 1 Thessalonians uh, 5 verse 17. He says we should pray continually. So prayer is our our lifestyle. It's something that that happens continuously. And uh, it's something I've been fascinated with for years. If I started praying for an hour a day, would that be to pray continually? Or what if I was like the the Jews prayed three three times a day? Or like the Muslims and prayed five times a day? Or maybe I decided just to push the bow tight and beat them all and go for seven times a day. Would, Would that be to pray continually? Pete Gregg um, recounted uh, in one of his talks I listened to meeting a, um, a, a Catholic priest uh, called Brennan Manning. You may have heard of him. He wrote a book called The Ragamuffin Gospel. Really, really interesting, colourful guy. Pete met him for a, a pizza early in the days of the 24-7 prayer movement. And the movement was growing and people were praying. So prayer rooms were being filled. You know, People praying through the night, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And Brennan asked Pete the question, are you praying enough? And I think that question kind of stumped Pete because he thought they were doing pretty well. They were praying a lot more than they used to. You know, people were praying at three in the morning and four in the morning. This was fantastic. But of course, you know, they they could pray a bit more. And uh, Brennan asked, well, when you watch the news, do you think you should pray about some of the things you hear about in the news? And Pete said, well, yeah, you know, we we sometimes do that. We'll write things down. We'll take them into the prayer room. We'll we'll pray about them. And Brennan said, well, do you pray about everything you should? And then Pete was thinking, well, actually, no, we probably don't. There's maybe some things we forget to to pray. And I think by that that time, Pete was choking in his Hawaiian pizza and thinking, "What's, what's the point? And Brennan said, let me explain how this works, how prayer works in the contemplative tradition. He said, we view prayer completely different than you. You think that the hour you spend in the prayer room, the 10 minutes you have with your Bible open and and, and chatting to God, the, the 15 minutes you spend talking to God in the car or as you walk the dog, you think that's your time with God for the day. You think that's your prayer time. And the other 23 hours of the day are for doing life. And you kind of hope you've got enough rocket fuel from your prayer time with God just to to last you through the rest of the day. And he said, in the contemplative tradition, we see things differently. We think that the hour you spend in the prayer room is the only hour in the day when you don't pray. It's the hour when you center on Jesus. So you can spend the other 23 hours of the day praying 
You carry his presence because you've centered on his presence. And that really struck me. That's praying continually, isn't it? That's prayer as a lifestyle. Carrying his presence because we spend time in his presence. Praying in real time through the day as we hear things on the news. Actually, we can lift it to prayer in our spirits right there and then. As we come across an issue, we can, we can just bring it to God. Uh, Brother Lawrence was a monk who lived in Paris in the 1600s. And again, his life has fascinated me. He talked about practicing the presence of God. And he worked in the monastery kitchens where he said he was as much in prayer uh, when he was in the middle of catering for tons of hungry monks as he was when he was in the quiet and calm of the chapel And uh, he writes, The time of business does not differ with me from the time of prayer. And in the noise and clatter of my kitchen, while several persons are at the same time calling for different things, I possess God in as great a tranquility as if I were on my knees at the Blessed Sacrament. That is praying continuously. That is prayer as a life's lifestyle. And over the course of my life, I've tried to put this into practice. I started by wondering, would I really notice if God just ceased to exist? Or would I just kind of carry on and not notice until the next time I prayed, which was maybe a day away? Am I dependent on him through my day? Am I in communication with him regularly through the day? And I have to admit, I don't have, got it, I don't have it sorted I'm far from perfect, so don't hear me wrong. But God's working in me, and preparing for this talk actually has really helped and challenged me again, and I hope it does the same for you. I try to start the day by welcoming God into my day, into what's going on. And recently, Pete Gilbert, when he was speaking, shared that he uses the the time in the shower in the morning, because he generally has a shower every day, and generally it's first thing in the morning, um, and he uses that to pray, and I've taken that idea on. I love the symbolism of, you know, as the water comes down from the shower, actually it symbolizes God's cleansing. It symbolizes being filled by his spirit, by be, being drenched in his presence. And I ask him to equip me for the day ahead. And then I try and take little moments in the day to communicate with God. It might be the emergency prayer of help when something's gone disastrously wrong and I'm struggling. It might be the small prayer of thanks that something's worked out well. It might be my heart lifted in worship as I walk around the punch bowl or, or see a sunset. Or it might be a sorry Lord when I've just snapped a row of the boys and said something that I, I shouldn't have said. It doesn't have to be fancy or a lot of words. Jesus was clear about this. And verse 7, you know, he said, Don't keep babbling on like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. It's about being aware of him. And being available to him. Have you ever tried to call somebody and just got the busy signal? Then try to call back and it's busy again and it's just always busy and you wonder, actually, are they interested? And I was challenged sometimes, you know, is God trying to get through to me? And actually my life is so busy that he gets the busy signal. Am I giving him that space uh, to speak? So let's be available to him. He wants to share your day. He wants to hear about what's going on. He's interested in hearing from you. And you also need it. 
Prayer, I think, is as much because we need to pray as because God wants us to pray. So Pete, in his book, um, outlines a simple model to pray, and it follows the, 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 the letters pray. Um, and I thought I'd just go through it. I find it quite helpful. Um, the first one is pause. And uh, I mentioned that a bit earlier. I find that a bit difficult. I'm one of those people who are naturally in a hurry. So when I arrived to London, I was quite happy because kind of people were going at the pace I was used to. People weren't, ha- weren't hanging around. And I need to discipline myself just to, to slow down, to, to pause, to take stock, to recognize who I'm praying to, our Father in heaven, but also to recognize where I'm at. How am I feeling? What's going on with me? And prepare to be honest and open before God. The Psalms, I think, are completely amazing. When you read the Psalms, just the level of honesty and openness to God in, in prayer is, is phenomenal. There's some words I read in the Psalms and I'm like, can you really say that to God? Is, is that okay? But it seems to be okay. God's, God's fine with us being real. He, he sees it anyway. And actually to express how we're feeling, even if that means banging on our father's chest and going, God, I don't understand. This isn't right. Do something. God's God's okay with that. So pause, recognize who we're praying to, recognize where we're at. The next one's rejoice. The Lord's Prayer, after recognizing who God is, gives us an invitation to adoration. Hallowed be your name. Once we recognize who God is and step into his presence, adoration is the natural response. So why not linger there? Why not spend some time in his presence, rejoicing in his blessings? Philippians 4 verse 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And in case we didn't get it, it says, I will say it again, rejoice. So that's the rejoice bit. Ask, we've talked a bit about that already today. Bring our needs, bring a request before God. We pray your kingdom come. We pray your will be done. We pray give us our daily bread. We pray for ourselves, and that's petition. We pray for others, intercession. And we push into prayer, asking for things that we believe are aligned to his character and purpose. But like Jesus, we pray your will be done. And we recognize that it's not always what we ask for. And we open ourselves as we pray for God to speak to us, for God to shape what we want, for God to shape what we ask for to align to his will. And that's the final thing. Why is for yield or yes. We say yes to God. And we looked at this just about a year ago, September last year, um, when we dived into Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Thomas Merton said, the deepest prayer at its nub is a perpetual surrender to God. And this element grabbed me. A perpetual surrender to God. We pray your will be done on earth as in heaven. We pray forgive us our sins. We pray lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. These are all about surrender, aren't they? They're all about saying yes to God.
And that is praying continuously. That is prayer as a lifestyle. So you might find it helpful going through these stages intentionally, um, each of these stages. Uh, I often find going through the Lord's Prayer really helpful, just taking every phrase, every section, and meditating on it, expanding on it. Our Father, thinking about that in heaven, praying through that. Hallowed be your name, praying through that. Just every section is is often, um, I find, really helpful. But isn't it great that there isn't just one model of prayer? Isn't that wonderful? You know, we, we are so different. We're, you know, we're in different places at different times as well. We're, you know, uh, facing different things. And God has given us so many different models and examples of prayer um, in the Psalms right through, through Scripture. So sometimes our prayers will just be an ask. One of those emergency hour prayers. Sometimes it will just be a prayer of worship. Or thanks, sometimes it would just be confession or of yielding to God. And as we finish, I just want to come back to that yield part of prayer. Pete says, we yield our lives in prayer so that our lives themselves become a prayer. And I want to just take a few minutes, maybe the band can come up. Um, Let's just take a few moments to to wait on the Lord and to to meditate on that and think about that. If you're like me, sometimes you're not good with silences. But silence sometimes can be good to allow God to speak. So let's just let's just take a few moments. We yield our lives in prayer so that our lives themselves become a prayer. Father God, we, we ask that you would take us on a journey wherever we are at in our relationship with you. Um, we know that prayer is, is just one of those keys to, to getting close to you, keys to uh, walking in your ways. And Lord, I certainly want to grow in, in that. And I pray as a body, would you just take us on a journey as we focus in this area over the next number of weeks? Would you strengthen our relationship with you? Would you begin to mold us as we, as we yield more and more to you? Lord, would you give us ears to hear what you're saying? And Lord, may our whole lives become prayers May we truly learn to pray continuously.